Today on this episode of the PV Roundup Specialist Spotlight. Yeah, and like you said, I think treatment burdens a, a real problem that we're all facing, both from a patient perspective as well as the provider perspective. And so I think if we can, you know, have the number of injections patients are getting a year, that's going to be a huge benefit to patients and providers alike. Today, Drs. Diana Doe and Eric Schneider joined the podcast to discuss the Pulsar study one-year data in this PV Roundup Specialist Spotlight. Regeneron is pleased to support this educational resource for healthcare professionals who provide retinal care. The content is solely the responsibility of the authors and does not necessarily represent the views of Regeneron or its affiliates. Hello, I'm Dr. Diana Doe at the Byers Eye Institute at Stanford University. And I'm Eric Schneider uh, from Tennessee Retina in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining me, Eric. Uh, great to speak to you today, Diana. Excited to be here. Eric, I understand that you had presented the exciting Pulsar study at the annual ARVO meeting in New Orleans, and I was hoping we could discuss some of the data for all of our colleagues who weren't able to attend the meeting. Does that sound like a good plan to you? Sounds great, Dan. Let's do it. Well, let's discuss your exciting presentation on the Pulsar one-year data. Give us a little background on the study design. Yeah, so Pulsar uh, was the pivotal phase three trial. Uh, this was a uh, uh, a multi-center randomized double mass trial in patients uh, with treatment-naive neovascular AMD. You know, patients were randomized one to one to one to a flibercept two milligrams Q eight weeks, a flibercept eight milligrams Q twelve weeks, and a flibercept eight milligrams Q sixteen weeks. Uh, uh, patients in all three arms received three initial monthly loading doses before uh, being extended to their randomized dosing interval. Um, it's important to note that patients in the flibercept eight milligram arm were eligible to have their dosing interval shortened if they did meet the dosing regimen modification criteria, which is a greater than five layer loss in best corrected visual acuity and a greater than twenty five micron increase in central retinal thickness, as compared to how they looked at week twelve in the study. Great, that's very exciting uh, design. What about baseline demographics, and how was the disease uh, presented in many of these patients? Yeah, this was uh, a study that enrolled patients that were pretty typical of of studies. Uh, with uh, of trigman-naive neovascular AMD. Uh, the average patient in Pulsar was in their mid-70s and white. There was a slight female preponderance. You know, they had moderate vision loss upon study entry with a uh, mean BCVA of around 2063. That's stental equivalent in all three arms. And they had mild retinal thickening. I believe the, the central retinal thickness was around 370 for all uh, three arms. Eric, now let's share with us the primary endpoint and what happened to the visual acuity in these different dosing regimens. And so the uh, uh, primary endpoint in this study was mean gain and best corrected visual acuity at week 48. You know, it's important to note this was a non-inferiority trial with an inferiority margin of four ETGR letters. And both of the 8 milligram arms did meet the non-inferior uh, BCVA gain relative to 2Q8 at week 48. If you want to talk about in uh, terms of actual letters gain at week 48, uh, we saw patients in the 2Q8 arm gain 7.6 letters, patients in the 8Q12 arm gain 6.7 letters, and patients in the uh, 8Q16 arm gained 6.2 letters. So overall, very impressive. That is very promising data. Were you uh, surprised about the dosing intervals and how many patients could be dosed every 12 or every 16 weeks with the 8 milligrams of a flibercept? That's a great question. You know, I think you know, considering the relatively strict uh, dosing regimen modification criteria they used in the study, I was actually you know, pretty surprised. I think overall, if you look at the uh, pooled uh, flibercept 8 milligram uh, set of patients, 
about 83% of patients were able to maintain at least a 12-week dosing interval through week 48. I think that number really speaks to the uh, durability afforded by the higher molar concentration uh, with uh, the Afosup 8 milligram used in the trial. I think certainly treatment burden and the number of injections that are needed with our current anti-VEGF agents leads to suboptimal outcomes. But with this new 8 milligram of Flibercept data, it looks very promising. Can you tell us about the number of injections that were required through week 48? Yeah, definitely. You know, it makes sense with a uh, longer dosing interval, we're going to see less injections. And that's what we saw in this trial. In patients in the 8Q12 arm, they received 6.1 injections over the 48 weeks of this trial. The patients in the AQ16 are received 5.2 injections. You know, and like you said, I think treatment burdens are a, a real problem that we're all facing, both from a patient perspective as well as the provider perspective. And so I think if we can, you know, have the number of injections patients are getting a year, that's going to be a huge benefit to patients and providers alike. Can you also share with us any important secondary outcomes that were of interest in this study? Yeah, I think that probably the most interesting secondary endpoints uh, were anatomic data. Uh, what they looked at was the uh, proportion of patients who were able to achieve a completely dry macula, uh, both at week 16, which was eight weeks after the third initial uh, monthly loading dose, as well as at week 48. And we see at both those time points, uh, patients in the pool of Flibercept 8 milligram arms had significantly uh, higher proportion of patients who had a completely dry central subcutaneous as compared to the 228 arm. Uh, so I think that's, again, very impressive uh, drying power. Uh, you could also look at the central retinal thickness change over time, and we see that it was comparable uh, amongst the three arms over the full 48 weeks of the trial. If you look at week 48, uh, the, end, the study endpoint, we did see that about, uh, about a, there's about a 20 uh, micron uh, greater decrease in central retinal thickness uh, with both of those 8 milligram arms as compared to the 228 arm. This is very promising data. What about safety? I know safety is always of a paramount concern when we look at new medicines. Were there any safety concerns in this study? Uh, yeah, you know, I think we were uh, very pleased to see uh, the safety data here in this trial. Uh, there were no new safety signals detected with the Flibercept 8 milligram. The incidence of ocular and non-ocular adverse events uh, uh, was similar uh, between the two groups throughout the 48 weeks of the trial. Um, obviously, with new molecules uh, or, or new formulations of old molecules, we're always uh, worried about the, the risk of intraocular inflammation, and the rates were very low in all three arms, less than 1%, and comparable. Uh, there were no episodes noted of endophthalmitis or occlusive retinal vasculitis, uh, which has obviously been a hot topic lately. Um, uh, the other concern was about intraocular pressure with this new uh, formulation of a, of a Flibercept. Uh, this 8 milligram dosage is a 70 microliter volume, so it's a little larger volume than the typical 50 microliters in the 2 milligram dosage. Uh, and uh, we saw no um, uh, change in uh, pre-injection intraocular pressure as compared to uh, baseline drug pressure at any time point during the study. So again, we see no impact on, on IOP. This safety and efficacy data on 8 milligrams of a Flibercept for neovascular AMD looks very exciting. When this new agent is available in clinical practice, how will you use it in your patients? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I certainly I, I think the two things that stand out uh, are the you know durability of, of the medicine, so the ability to dose people at twelve or sixteen weeks, as well as the drying power. And so I think you can kind of look at two different populations there. So um, with greater durability, we love to cut down on the immense treatment burden that comes along with. Uh, treating patients uh, chronically for neovascular AMD. And so if we can dose these patients at 12 or especially 16 weeks, that's going to make a great uh, uh, impact on their lives and actually <laughs> greatly help our clinics, right? I know that you, Diana, just as I am, 
are, stag- are facing these staggering clinic volumes. And so I think we can do to reduce that with, with less frequent treatment, we certainly be helpful. You know, in terms of the greater drying power, I think that's going to apply more to our harder to treat or refractory patients, right? These are the patients who come in, you know, every four weeks and still have persistent fluid. And given the you know, impressive drying power we see, which is superior to a flibrocept two milligrams, which I think is a is a, a very powerful drying agent in and of itself, I think gives me good confidence I'll be able to dry up some of these more refractory patients. You know, if uh, flibrocept eight milligram follows the typical pattern we see with newly introduced medicines in the retina space, I think in general we'll probably start to use it uh, uh, first in these you know refractory patients. And once we you know recognize the power you know of the medication and and, and are comfortable with the safety, we'll start to pivot more to using it as a frontline agent. So, you know, I'm certainly excited to you know, see it in action, you know, if and when it's approved. Uh, uh, how about you, Diana? What, what are your thoughts on uh, using it in your clinical practice? Well, the Pulsar data that you presented is very promising, both with efficacy, safety, and durability. And I agree with you completely. It can be used in both treatment-naive patients and also prior-treated patients who are not having the optimal outcome that we would like to see. I think it's great to have new medicines available for all of our patients. Thank you again for sharing this exciting data with us, Eric. And thank you to all of you for joining us in this exciting discussion. And that's today's special spotlight. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PB Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pbroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at bvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my flash briefing? Thanks today to our guests, Drs. Doe and Schneider, and Deshaun Mullen and Kate Rio for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.